Hello, my name is David Piccolomini. You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. Hello. Are you there? Well, you're hearing me, right? You've reached the 3 p.m. hour on the East Coast. This is Lost and Rewound, the weekly audio time capsule of soundbites from your yesteryears, be it embarrassing or not. Connecting the dots between then and now every Thursday here from the rec room here in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn, I am Alan, and I bring this show to you with friends and returning guests every single week here only on radio free brooklyn streaming all day and all night on the radio free brooklyn app to download that to your mobile device you just go to the google play store for android or the app store for iphone there's over 90 hours of original programming available when you download this app and considering how little room it's going to take up in your device that is well worth getting something for free right there's so much great programming better than anything (laughs) that you're going to hear on this hour. (laughs) And on that note, I should give you a very quick disclaimer about what you are about to hear this hour. See, uh, last year, David Piccolomini came on as a guest. It was just the two of us. And the recording, which at that time was from our main studio over on Bogart, the audio just came out really, really disastrous. I'm not really a big sound geek. Like I, you know, I do a radio show here every single week, but there's so much about the terms that are totally lost on me. Um, I have to give credit to our station manager, Tom Tenney, for the assistance with making this episode one, almost one full year after its original recording uh, for actually making it sound good. You're going to hear a little bit of whooshing here, but it's going to be very, very subtle whooshing. We strive to make an episode every week that actually is audible and comfortable for the listener, uh, myself included. So I do hope you enjoy this episode and uh, keep an open ear. Uh, for both the content and the sound quality. Uh, We did the best we could. I can't certainly say that I did the best I could, but um, presenting you with what I feel is the best that we possibly could give you. Um, So thanks again to Tom and as well to our guest for this hour, Mr. David Piccolomini. Enjoy this conversation that we had. Rewound. He has been on before as a guest. He has been on before as a surprise phone call. Welcome back to the show, David Piccolomini. Hello. What a what a fancy uh, occasion having you back here <laughs> on the show and in our new studio. Yeah, it's a beautiful new studio. Uh, 
I forgot about that call-in show. I was really hammered. Oh, shit, for real? Yeah. We were, too. It's all good. Yeah, no, I wasn't. Oh. There were five of us in the studio drinking, and then you called, and evidently were hammered as well, so fit right in. Perfect, yeah. It felt it felt pretty on the wave of everyone else. <laughs> Actually, you might have been ahead of us, because we hadn't even gotten that far yet. We, we hadn't uh, broken out the Casio yet and started rhyming about Battle Beasts. Uh, I think I came in exactly what I should have. <laughs> For those who might remember, uh, David ca- called us right as the show began. Like, th- th- there wasn't even any editing that had to be done. You really, legitimately, <laughs> like as we were beginning the show, you called in. Wow, and that was that was my mistake. I should have been like, call like a half hour, an hour later, just so that you know, yeah, yeah we could give some time it. to like integrate everybody, and you know, <laughs> of course, like before we could even introduce Brooks really more officially, you're like. <laughs> calling in listen i will steal a spotlight if i have to oh for sure i'm grateful that you are sitting with me right now but you are like the busiest person i know you have to be unemployed (laughs) (laughs) you have two podcasts yes and you are still uh, hosting the uh, comedy show over in williamsburg that's the two boots uh every tuesday williamsburg uh ambush comedy yeah and then oh 8 to 8 30 we give away free beer just for showing up you're... We have a we have a beer sponsor. So who's the beer? It's uh it's this Pilsner. I forget the name of it, which is not good for a sponsor. But uh, for the first half hour, everybody just gets a free beer just for hanging out. I yeah, I mean guys, if you're really interested in seeing some comedy and you're all about the drinks, there's pizza and beer and comedy. I think yeah, we I get think... we get great people. We got uh like uh or that might have been last week. Emmy Blotnick from uh oh yeah Colbert yeah Stephen Colbert. She just had her. She just did a spot there, but now she writes for them. Mm-hmm. We get all sorts of people like that on the show. Like that. Like, well, just people at that level. We've had Sean Patton come on a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people just, we have some people who have open invites. So Rob Cantrell. Actually, it's only people from Colbert. Only people from Colbert. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a writer for Conan that uh, left Conan to write for Colbert. And now I see him on Colbert all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, that. I mean, you can't pass up an opportunity when you get a chance to uh, move to New York and write for uh, such a guy who is clearly involving all the stand-up comedians that are out there right yeah. now. Yeah, oh, absolutely. On Conan, he did the whole, like, uh, the, like the singer of, like, the different tracks that are not the exact same tracks. They're, like, it's, like, uh, singing songs that sound a little bit like the songs that they're trying to sound like, but yeah. they can't say the names because it's like copyright Legal infringement. Whatever, yeah. He had a lot of interesting segments. He even did a thing called like uh, Wiki Bear. He voiced Wiki Bear. I wish I remember his name. Yeah, guys, uh, I, I, I gotta be this, honest. This I don't is... know if I've ever watched, I don't, or I used to watch late night TV, but yeah. like as of now, not so much. Yeah, I will admit that uh, I do try and keep up, uh, but I don't watch all of it. I watch uh, pretty much anything splintered from Daily Show, but I will admit i don't dvr colbert um my wife will usually be watching it uh for like the first half hour and then she'll fall asleep there you go that that sounds about right for yeah. romance <laughs> speaking of romance the the master oh. of, <laughs> the master of romance you are talking chopped is one of your podcasts yeah the other one is uh the famous tinder tales podcast which has had even some folks that have uh Contributed to our show before, Katie Rose Leon, Jared oh, yeah. Bernstein, Baron Berenstein, rather. Yep, yeah, we get, uh, it's a really fun, so, yeah, I, I, I talk about them, they're, like, degrees of relationships, like, you want to learn how to get into a relationship, there's a lot of helpful advice, plus some, like, stories from people who have gone on, like, crazy dates. Like, uh, one time, this girl was on a date with a guy, 
and the guy ordered really fancy and then tried to ditch the bill, but not in a like easy way where he just tried to leave. He like walked over and was hiding near the bathroom, just expecting her to pay at some point. What? He was literally hiding near the bathroom and then she was going to pay. And then the waitress was like, he's literally hiding near the bathroom. He didn't leave. He's just, because his plan was to get her to pay for it and then still try and ha- like see if they could hook up. You have to be fucking kidding me. I swear to God, the audacity of certain individuals when they're on dates, I have no idea. It's insane. You must get the most, the, the, the absolute craziest stories. I mean, I know even from just like with uh, Jarrett uh, when he, I mean, he's a great storyteller as it stands. Yeah. And he was telling that story about uh, a date of his who wasn't going to sleep with him. And so she was sleeping somewhere else in the apartment oh, and yeah. got into an altercation with his roommate who was having night terrors. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? That's just like, that's epic bizarreness. She fell asleep on the couch and he had night terrors and then saw her as like a threat. But he was, he's like soft night terror. So it wasn't like, like full strength <laughs> person. It was just like screaming and like flailing and just what the fuck this naked guy is right here. Yeah. And and the part of that story that really there was one part of it that really kind of blew my mind, which was uh you know, in this world that we live in now, uh where we are I think luckily becoming a little more aware about words and actions and you know, being a little more responsible and especially as, you know, you and I are are warm-blooded males from my understanding, both in relationships, so not at all applicable to the singles market. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe. No, it's just, yeah, applicable to the singles market. It's just the most married way to talk about dating. You know it. Really caught off guard by the fact that she was laughing about it and didn't see the danger about being touched in a way that might have been in some ways considered threatening uh, to other other uh, women who might be well, in the same situation. They weren't, she, she wasn't tricked I think was what my takeaway was. I get, I also think it's just like, you can kind of, there are ways to kind of, I, I mean, women are assessing danger all the time. It's just, all of a sudden, if you get a sense, you're like, this has not gone to far, like a terror, uh, like a, a very terrifying spot yet. Also, if you're a little bit drunk and all of a sudden like a naked guy just starts attacking, you're like, <laughs> what is happening? I think, yeah, I think you got to kind of go a step back uh, after the thing happens, after the, uh, the shit goes down and uh, appreciate the absurdity of it all. That's uh, it's what I call third person funny. Third person. third person is like if you pulled back from the situation, it's like, oh, as a whole, this is a funny situation, even though it's not funny to any of us in the situation right now. You, you know, you're a comedian. You have to take a step back and think about all the crazy things that have happened to you. I grew up in a uh, Christian homeschool co-op. I was four seven my freshman year of high school. The first year I ever went to public school, like non-religious, just into like just into the deep end. And that's a pretty quick way to be a hyper Christian, a quick way to like just be desexualized entirely. Mm-hmm. So I like went through all of that within that high school. And then like I didn't meet anyone that I would ever start like kind of dating, talking to until after high school. I like went on a date. I think I went on one date in high school from a girl I met in theater. Okay. Uh, and it was real bad and awkward, and I didn't know what I was doing. Why would I know? I started LARPing and threw a message board on a LARP 
that's where I started talking to the girl who eventually became like my first girlfriend. Mm. Yeah. How far away did she live from you? Uh, about four or five hours. Okay. Yeah. On uh, the East Coast or, or East further Coast. in? Okay. East Coast. But it was, well, it was like I lived in Delaware. She lived near Pittsburgh. Okay. That's significant. That's, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a whole uh, state of. Uh, that's the whole state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, that yeah. is a whole state of Pennsylvania. We kept talking, and then it was like, "Hey, I was like, here, you should email me." And then we're emailing, and then we're text, we're messaging on AIM. But before that, like, all my like sexual experience and knowledge up until I started LARPing, which is the weirdest sentence to ever say. It's not weird with me because I got really close to being in that scene. I had a lot of friends from theater who got into it, and I liked it, but I never got into it because by the time I could have gotten into it, everybody was like super clicky on it. They're called units. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? The units. That's how people got clicky. They hung out with their units. Yeah, I suppose. It's so like, yeah, I, I guess I was like, oh, that's cool. Everyone's doing their thing. I got my thing. Yeah, karaoke. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was still doing stage plays and I actually ended up doing LARPing one year when I, one summer when I was a counselor. So I have mild involvement with it over the time but uh, uh but yeah growing up so basically all my dating till like 22 i think 21 22 a lot of it was just through online means okay i would just meet people through, how long were you larping for yeah about 10 years okay from like 17 to like 27 like petering off around 24 is when the like slow down really started 24 after you're already out of college and you hadn't moved to the city yet no, it was it was basically when I started doing comedy, it like started taking a hit. Mm. How long? And you were on the message board during this ten years, but not for the ten years. Okay. During that ten year, like it was like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. It was like messaging with this girl, or not. But it, we 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 eventually started. You know, you could Skype, and then we'd meet up at events. Uh huh. Although, fun fact, we broke up because God was telling her that she should break up with me. That's kind of ironic, too, considering you are, uh, in, you know, religious past. Well, she was, too. That's how we started bonding. <laughs> it might have just been the parents being like, we think God it wants to lead you down a different path. God wants you to get married to someone who claims to be a writer and then doesn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> we, we're, we're seeing the future, and it's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take, take them the, the, the meshes, messages now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So that was the, like that was the first girlfriend I really had was from online dating means, and then most of the people after I would just start meeting people through online. Yeah, it's not easier to say, but I found what's really useful is if you have stuff about within the dating profile stuff that's like based on very much interest, especially interest you don't think other people are gonna like. Chances are the people that do like them are like, holy shit, they like the same thing I like. Mm -hmm. Like I have board games in my profile or used to like i used to have board games in my profile for online dating what board games would those be no it's just like i love board games but it's like if you like board games you can settle into katana my heart <laughs> nice and a lot of girls probably didn't like that but the ones that did loved it okay there was there, there, there was no midway point I, i'm sure there was some midway point but, but the, not, none to uh merit any messaging yeah 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 it was but it was the idea of like or some people, or they messaged me about something else in my yeah. profile. They were like, I don't give a shit about board games, but here you talk about Chopped or right. these other things. First uh, dating profile. My first dating profile, technically I used to aim for a while to try and... Hey, no, that, that's fair. I, I'll accept that answer. So you're for, you, you consider any social media to be dating profile, not until like 
any other official one came out, did you use that? But you were uh, still okay. Cupid, probably then it was yeah. okay. Cupid, like early on, but I don't remember a lot of how I used it. I was mostly like I would use aim or like the dagger here, the art message board. Not to date. What uh, was it called? Dagger here. <laughs> I wouldn't use that to date necessarily, but I would have like I think the first three or four girlfriends I had were from that. We, okay, that's from fun. Dagger here. That's a fun story. You're telling me that you have dated multiple people from the same community. Oh, yeah. Let me see. Hold on. The first four, yeah, because it would be. Mm, 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 Do you know why that's significant, mm, right? Why? Be- because everybody knows your business. Nah, not in the same way. No, it's still big enough that I'd see some of these people, you know, five times a year. And it wasn't that we would date. Like, the my first girl from that was. In Pittsburgh. Second yeah. was from where I lived and stuff. And then the next where was who was next? Yeah, the next one. You must was have traveled again. Yeah, I was gonna say you must have traveled significantly we for travel- these uh um, events. Well the events were probably like five hours away sometimes. Mm-hmm. Two to five to somewhere really far, but we didn't go to all of yeah. them. But the biggest event, the week long Ragnarok, was uh, like eighteen hundred people there and it was a week long event amazing oh yeah that how old were you when you did that i went and did that probably 18 seven years so you were a mac by like year three probably no uh (laughs) i am that was the creepiest laugh ever (laughs) well this this we're gonna work on my laugh on this episode because your laugh is like a clown a bajillion times more uh uh, attractive than mine no i have a i have a crazy clown (laughs) nope it's great i don't like it uh it's fine (laughs) <laughs> or there's the high pitched one, which is also gross. Which I I don't think I can really fake it. You, you were you were able to fake it enough to uh, get the, uh, the the ladies to appreciate your charming uh, wits and comedy, even <laughs> from a young uh, from being the young pickles. Oh, geez. no! I, on a, like honestly, I can't. It is a thing of dating is all about practice. Like you don't have to get good at it. Like if you find someone you like and you just keep dating them, great. But dating, like the difference between like date two and like date a hundred and two are you're you're at such a different level of completely completely yeah i used okcupid from a very early time yeah from the inception effectively when it was still like humor rainbow the spark.com kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. um it was 2004 and it was the summer and i remember i was spending the summer in ithaca where i went to college yeah uh and yeah i had never really gotten much success i i had already lost my virginity uh but you know i was thinking you know this might be a better way to meet women uh in ithaca you know this summer and it turned out that i ended up uh clicking and connecting with a fellow ithaca person in a relationship i had always seen her around with her boyfriend and i guess like they were on hiatus or they just weren't uh dating anymore and we started hanging out and like i would come over every now and again she was really cool and we spent a month together and mm-hmm. you know just like hanging out and then it ended but then i kept the profile and remained on okcupid uh when i was going to the city uh and you know starting off you know my failures of uh moving <laughs> to a, a, a large city and not having his act together um but yeah i mean then i even joined jdate at one point too and nothing came of that except for like reconnecting with uh, an old college friend <laughs> you're just like Hey, you're on here too. Cool. Exactly. You want to hang out? No. I guess that was my thing was is I had a hard time justifying being on a dating site um, when I knew 
that I was going to probably run into people that I knew all the time. And that was always my stigma. It, well, the stigma now is so beyond oh, it's, the idea. Uh, it's morphed completely into something I don't even know. That's what I like about online dating is you get to date outside your normal pool of people. I am supposedly, to, supposedly, so sure. Yeah. You know what? You don't have to fuck those people that you see, but they are friends. They, but they, what I'm saying is that like you are coming into wanting to do something that's not necessarily anonymous. Like we're all out in the open. It's no problem meeting somebody in person as it is online. Uh, that stigma has been removed entirely from the equation. Yeah. But it's more like, who do you know that I know? kind of thing now when it when does this become less anonymous exactly <laughs> yeah that's one way to look at it i'm so busy already and then i couldn't imagine like just only dating people who i'm around because that would be comics yeah around i'm not going out to bars i'm not going yeah. out to like a lot of things so it was like oh tinder bumble made everything so much simpler for me yeah because it'd be like oh i can talk to people who are really cool who are kind of nerdy who are going to be into some stuff that i'm into and then i can go out with them at times when it's not like I have to find out if anyone at this bar that I happen to be at is interesting. How can you tell? Or, or maybe you don't have this sense. And I don't either. But you've certainly been involved in the art of dating profile curation. And maybe there's just something about the very sense of like hearing a conversation from, you know, the periphery of, you know, just being in, the, you know, in a bar on a Friday or Saturday night. Can you tell when there's a couple who are at the bar who are on a first date? I mean, sometimes there's a stiltedness. There's this energy. There is a stiltedness to it. I can never uh, tell. Really? Oh, nah. I, uh, it is fun to watch sometimes when you look and you're like, oh, they're not there yet. Oh, that's amazing. I do this thing. And this thing. And there's like a nervousness to it. Yeah. Where it's like, we're both excited to be here, but should we be? Let's yeah. find out. It's so fascinating because I, I, I know and I told this to you the last time we chatted about this, about how I still am blown away that Tinder is used as a form of more settled down nature versus who's around and who wants to fuck. Oh, that's there. Called, this person's right there. Let's meet up. That's called Grinder. But that's what I'm saying. I thought Tinder was just was the straight. Uh, we did talk about this. Yeah, so yeah. No, but uh, that would impl- that would rely on women acting more like men and we've discovered that's not happening anymore thank god Uh, (laughs) yes i agree and i think there is a good uh a lesson to be learned that we have to approach people respectfully has that reset affected the way that you approach your sort of uh love guru-ness i don't i mean (laughs) i wasn't like it's never been my like i'm not the sleazeball like listen if you want to seduce women here are the three steps you take no Definitely not. Right. And it's more about like kind of understanding and you want to, you do want to pick things that set yourself up for a better date, obviously. Like you want to set things up so that like, if you go, if you're going to go meet with someone, meet somewhere close, like don't meet in like some like part of town that's like way out of the way. Cause then also you're there. And then it's like, well, now we both know it's an hour back to both of our places. It's just certain things you can do to set yourself up. Like don't go to a movie on a first date because then you're not actually talking to each other. Right. So you're not actually putting anything together. I don't know why anybody would go to a movie on a date in general until like they've gotten to a point where they're actually comfortable not talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People suggest drink dates are not great, no. or, but they are. Well, I, mean, I guess it depends on the uh, ambiance, really, right? Yeah, who cares? Like, you want the, ambi- the only ambiance you really got to care about is the ambiance that you're uh, uh, comfortable in. Yeah. Because ideally, any date is just testing to see, are we going to be able to be fun together long term? 
I want to actually at this time, uh, I don't have the dating website, uh, unfortunately, uh, up, but I do have my MySpace from 2006 open. Yeah. And uh, at this time, I would love to get the David Piccolomini. Like if we could turn it, how would we turn that into like a dating profile? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, here. we can do that. I have my uh, laptop here, right, ready to go for you here, to take a look yeah, at. Yeah, pass it to me. Um, because this is basically 2006. Last login, 3-5-2006. Yeah, I had not met my girlfriend at the time uh, who I would meet later that year. At this time, it's March 2006, and I am definitely new to the city. The way that I was able to find this page, by the way, if you are ever curious, if you haven't used archive.org, please do. The Wayback Machine is really insanely uh, abundant in information and helps to see the past ways that you, the errors that you've made. <laughs> Yeah, this is, oh man, this is interesting. It almost reads like a dating profile in some ways. Is this a quote from something? What? I'm super real like a computer with gills. Yeah, that's Edan. I'm super real like a computer with gills. With a beauty of chill, with a beauty that's beautifully built, or something like that. I was really into Edan, who is a, uh amazing rapper, DJ, producer. Um, look him up, Edan. <laughs> there you go, okay. Anyway, that's uh... that's just me That's just me being like, I love indie, indie rap. Yeah. Rap, 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 rap. But okay, so my number my number one rule for dating profiles right now yes. uh, is don't put anything in your profile you would not be excited to talk about. <laughs> yes. Okay. That is like so many people put so many things that I don't think are necessary. And especially things where if you if you say it in a different way, will still convey who you are as a person. Yeah. But won't put it in a way where it makes it uh like annoying or bad. Uh, let me explain. You all know me way too well. It's so much that I once started writing, talking. I have a hard time knowing where to stop. If you really need to know the basics, here's a short list. I live in Manhattan. I am a lot more patient than most people. Parentheses regarding almost everything. My sister is my best friend. I do not abuse my vices. Wow, straight edge, bro. Uh, I definitely have ADD, but I'm not hyperactive. Just energetic. Clinically proven. <laughs> I may even have a slight case of depression, not clinically proven. <laughs> I am way into hip hop, way into hip hop for my own good. I've always felt that. Wait, oh, wait what did I say? I, I'm way too. I, I'm, did I mean to say I'm way too into hip hop for my own good? Time? Yeah, probably. Yeah, English. Uh, I've always felt that clicks are truly awful in nature. Yeah, this is probably just when people started larping around you. Uh, <laughs> people need to be more independent. I can make light bend. Uh, I'm going to be famous one day, but you won't be see me talking about it a lot due to my efforts to be as modest as possible. Yikes, Alon. Jeez. Wow. No, there is a very distinct style of mid-2000s writing. <laughs> I think so. And it, it, I like, I hear it in this, and it's, I don't know if I can mimic it yet, but there's such a very distinct thing in that, like, people weren't as good at lists yet. I'm way too into hip-hop for my own good. Yeah, I think I, I I'm willing to be self-loathing even at this time in my life. I think I I'm certainly able to tap into that. Uh, the light bend one, I think that was just thrown in there irreverently because I think it was a quote from a TV show or something. Uh, though I can't remember offhand. Although I guess we can find out. I but, yeah. But but um yeah. But continue. Oh yeah, the last yeah, one. Yeah, the famous. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on your podcast. say it one more time. Unload that one more time. I'm going to be famous one day, but you won't see me talking about it a lot due to my efforts to be as modest as possible. You know, this actually is... It's weird. That last sentence is wearing a fedora. 
I wore a pork pie hat for like the first year I lived in New York. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, could have certainly afforded better hat wear. I think I knew that at the time, but I was like just figuring it out. Here's here's another fun one. Uh, MySpace.com slash semantic. Oh yeah, that that was that's my old uh, email address. S y m a n t i k s. Yes. So it, it it sounds like you were trying to become a, like an indie rapper. Maybe semantic is the name. Like that feels like an indie rapper. It was name. that was a username too that I used on uh, one particular message board. I mean, my my original username was super embarrassing too. Uh, what was it? Because it was super short. Mm-hmm. So I made the username Miniman One Four Three, like M I N I for my like Piccolo Mini Man One Four Three because. Uh, 13 was taken, so I was like, well, I'll be 14 next year. <laughs> uh, 14 well, was taken, so I just turned 143. Well, but, so, I mean, like, the thing is, with those, those are just, like, facts about you, but it doesn't really tell you a lot about who you are. What about in the interest section? So the interest, like, acting, performing, just public displays of odd behavior in the subway, writing, going on adventures, radio DJing, good beer, photography, dinner runs, and a lot of music. Yeah, you would want to talk about a specific thing about acting. You'd want to talk about a thing, maybe lead with a story of like one time, this is an actual weird thing I did on the subway. Like, just so you have these like things in there that uh, are more interesting, make you stand out. Plus, if anyone has any passing interest of the thing, they'll notice that and it'll feel more specific to them and it'll feel like yeah. a more intimate thing as compared to if you're doing something like, uh, I love comedy and board games and this none of those become real to the other person. Don't you think that maybe there was a time when before everything became viral that we were a little more protective of the things that we were putting online? And we, I mean, this was even when YouTube was around. Like, YouTube was totally around during this time. And Google had definitely bought it already. Though I sense that there may have been a divide. Or maybe they hadn't bought YouTube yet. But I remember that there was a certain divide about, like, the certain content that you put online and how... We talk about, you know, curating your online profile, whether it's dating or it's Facebook. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all really all relevant. But I mean, when we were on Friendster, when we were on MySpace, the kind of idea of how we were putting ourselves out there for others to see yeah. was a little more conservative because this, the, you can see that profile and it sends that it, it doesn't go all out. Although I could have certainly been a lot more. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, know. I could have elaborated more. If, other, except I was already wordy as fuck. I may even have a slight case of depression. <laughs> like, what more do you have to say? You're just like throwing things left and right. And then, oh, by the way, I might be depressed. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> but I mean, the sense that I might be. Ah, you know, maybe. Feel free to read on if you're okay, if you're okay with that. Yeah. It, I mean, there is a little bit of that, but then it's also, I think, uh, I think podcasts have had a lot to change about that because now people you listen to talk about like every single problem they've ever had yeah, and be more than like a thousand percent honest okay, on these things. And so then you get into that kind of stuff. Although I do like, I do like, I do not abuse my vices, which is the biggest red flag. Yeah. I, I think I was drinking and smoking weed plenty back then. I just didn't uh, do anything more than that. And uh, I like to keep everything in moderation. I think that that number should have been that uh, detail should have been more qualified with a positive than a negative. Sure. Or even like the thing is, I don't even think about it until it'd be like if you're like, also, I don't have sex with kids. And they're like, no one was saying you had sex with kids, but I don't I don't have sex with kids. So no reason to talk about it anymore. Anyway, 
that was wonderful. Thank you for giving the Pickles stamp of approval that uh, I clearly <laughs> had a lot of problems back then. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of like weird denials and projections in that. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, yo, let's take a quick break. I've now been a fully embarrassed to the max. Uh, when we come back, sounds from the past with David Pickles. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. To help support our mission, we invite you to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge at radiofreebrooklyn.org donate. Every cent helps us to continue to stay on the air. So please support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Again, that's radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Welcome back to Lost and Rewound. We have David Piccolomini this week uh, laughing and yucking and up with me here in the studio. Um, <laughs> A, a, a good laugh, uh, buddy, for sure. Uh, you uh, contributed clips to us this week. Yeah. I... I don't really know how to go about talking about them because I'm really excited for this. <laughs> I'm vaguely nervous because these ones, these are the ones I did. So the first time I did the podcast, I was like, oh, I know three clips. This will be Boom. done. Boom. I know Got the it. ones. Uh, this was a bit of a last minute booking. And so I like just called my mom and was like, hey. What have you recorded from that wasn't these like three that are I know are like at least good? And then she was like, "Well, uh, here we go. Uh, how about these three things?" And then she emails me to them, and I listen to them. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did a lot of community theater and like church theater." Yes. So to reiterate, you uh, were living in Delaware, yes. and your school was a co-op in a church. Yeah, and. That was more uh, by design because of the neighborhood that you lived in was so small that, I mean, even kids who were living in Delaware had to go somewhere close outside no. of the state. No, 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 no. This was done very religiously in mind. I seem to recall that uh, there were even kids uh, who lived in your town who were going to school, not even in Delaware. Well, that was me. I, that was, was, I was going to school in Pennsylvania. That's okay. That's what I was and saying. And it was because we went, my, that was my dad, my real dad's church. Yeah. And so we went to school there because my mom, like, that was, like, kind of what, where she had started going. So then it was like, well, let's just go to school here, too. But then it became a hassle to go up to there for church. Mm -hmm. So then we moved to a new church, still went to school there, but had a church that was, like, a five-minute-away local church. You've had some amazing uh, shows that you have done in your life. Shows that I didn't even know existed, like the Lewis and Clark musical, the Civil War musical. Terrible. What is this that we're about to listen to? Is And how old are you? I am probably seven. Seven years old. Probably seven years old. Uh, and I am playing Adam in the St. Paul's uh, production of Adam and Eve. Okay. So it's, well, it's, that, the crea- it's the creation story. Right, 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 right. Okay. So before we play it, I just want to re- recap the fact that I just mentioned that your, that your church... Uh, was putting on all these very bizarre musicals. And I have to ask, was this written by the church? I think, I don't know. I don't know who it was written by at this point. I think it might have been one of those things like, so the other two things were done through the, the Lewis and Clark and the, uh, 
Oh, that's the other one I could have brought. Uh, they did one about Beethoven. <laughs> that was told through the piano keys. Uh, yeah, I totally forgot about that one. Where I played no, young. I found my laugh, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I played young Beethoven in that when I was like five years old. Okay. And then um, what was the other one? Oh, and the Civil War one. We're all done by the school church. Those were ones that were like written over a thing. This one was like a church. This was done by my just church church. Got it. Where it was like a, I think it was written, but it was like written by like one of those like, here's your 10 minute play for kids. <laughs> and this was a 10 minute show? Uh, it, may, it may have been like 20 minutes with song. 10 minutes of text and 10 minutes of song. Yeah. Beautiful. So one song for every uh, scene and every kid gets a chance to sing. Kind of. I think they were mostly singing with group things. It wasn't like they were like, that's it, kids. We're doing solos. All right. Let's, let, 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 no, no delay. Let's hear seven-year-old Pickles. I call you Adam, the first of your race. Wow, this is great. Hi, Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Take a look around. What do you think? Wow, you've been busy around here. Are the animals my friends? If you choose to have them, the whole earth is yours to take care of. That's too big of a job for me alone. Uh, I know. Uh, you haven't met your helper yet. Eve, come out. You can be friends and help each other fill the earth. Wow, this is great. Hi, guys. Hello, Eve. Eve, meet Adam. Adam, Eve. Hi. <laughs> you belong to each other, so be gentle. The earth, all the plants and animals and minerals are yours. Take good care of Thanks, God. We'll do our best. Wow, this is so good. We just roasted a song. Pennsylvania accent. Alone. Yeah. So you, yeah. See, you, you would say alone. alone. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird, it's this like, what are you fucking doing, Philadelphia accent? And you're like, what do you want me to go at this alone? <laughs> Who's the adult? Is your pastor or something? Yeah, that's a pastor who's doing the adult voice of that. Did she direct it as well? No. There was like a musical director of the church. Yeah. And, and they directed. And the, the lady who was the pastor seemed to be. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I could believe that God was a woman because of the way that she was <laughs> very like, Adam, Eve, Eve, Adam. Yeah, you guys know each other. I'm reading this off a script. God God is a, a much more effective connector than uh, a, an algorithm from a dating site, right? 
I, I'm a hardcore atheist at this point. If you look at like the like the early religion, it was literally like Adam and Eve, and then it's Cain and then Abel. And it, uh, for some reason, I was looking something up for a joke because I was going to try and do a joke about this kind of stuff. And the third, like Cain is the third person on Earth, first murderer, third person cursed. That's how they introduce the Bible. Is like everybody's immediately screwed. Yeah. Well, because, you know, you make humans, they have free will, they do these things, and then uh, what's going to happen? They get the repercussions. Seven years old, like, you're, like, super into this. I am super into religion. What's this next one we're going to be hearing? Is this, uh, as well, something of religious variety? No, this is eighth grade. I uh, stopped. Were you still religious by eighth grade? Yeah, I was religious up until 2021, honestly. Like, wow, okay. Yeah, I was, uh, it was... It was a quick flip when it hit. Like it was, I was, I was sarcastic and like could kind of figure out like a, a lot of the logical inconsistencies were starting to hit me. The religious shit was so deeply ingrained in me that I stopped, or I kept believing in religion but stopped believing in free will as a concept. I don't know. This is that's the most pretentious thing anyone could say. Uh, it's what you feel, so own it. Sure, but it was this thing where I literally I was figuring out. It was like if God is an omnipotent all-knowing being that can be anywhere at any time and know anything and everything and he created the earth and all the molecules within it you know everything you know what every molecule is going to do at every second you have free will if you already have someone who created something that and he knew every step it was going to take and it's in those moments that our heretic will be telling you that what the hell are molecules <laughs> they didn't he, god yeah. didn't invent molecules son uh no no actually i've had that argument with someone who was like a deeply christian person and they were just like Oh, well, yeah, but if you, like, go outside of time, then it doesn't really count the same way. I'm like, this is some real space uh, Yeah, Sorry. It was insane. So this was uh, in eighth grade then, so, you said, and not uh, a religious uh, show like the last one, but no. a, but but more of a standard fare of, you know, yeah. shows that you do when you're a kid. Jack and the Beanstalk? Yep. Uh, oh, so what happened was is the Civil War play came up, Yeah, and I was crying because I was so upset at it because it, it was terrible. It's like just... It's a bunch of people talking. It's a documentary musical. It made me so upset that that's what we were doing. That my mom was like, all right, let's go find other plays then. And so we went and found the Wilmington Drama League. And that's where I did all like plays there for years. Same uh, company that um, got uh, Aubrey Plaza started. We won the same award. That's, that's right. Remember yeah. you telling us that. Yeah, we won the same children's award. You guys were both uh, alum of the Wilmington Drama League. Yes. And uh, you got that. This was your first show at the Wilmington Drama League. I right? don't know if it was my first one, but it was one of my first okay. ones. And who were you in it? Uh, okay, so it's Jack of the Beanstalk. I am 4'7. I'm playing the giant. You're playing the giant. I'm playing the giant in this. Okay. Yeah, Delaware, there's not enough people. Uh... <laughs> Like, I think that might be an indication that Delaware uh, a smidgen <laughs> of the size of other states when you can't even get uh, somebody to play a giant who's over 4'7". Right? Who, yeah, who's five feet tall. Yeah, so... Okay, now I'm very excited. Let's hear. Person to eat. What's that I smell? Fee, fi, foo! 
blood of an Englishman. Be he alive or be he dead, I'll grind his bones to make my bread. Nonsense. The older you get, the worse your smell gets. You smell the bones of a little girl who had your supper last night. I'm boiling them for soup. You want me to clean your magic hand that lays the gold bags before you take your nap? No. Bring me my bag of gold. So the wife went and brought him his bag of gold. Here, I have to go gather fire. That was very good narration there by that girl. <laughs> it was I, I I felt like I was there, but then I'm trying to then visualize how uh, the shortest kid in the class was cast as the giant. He was like way smaller. Mm -hmm. He was just a like a tiny person. Yeah, and I was like 13, and he was probably like nine mm -hmm. to play Jack. How did they dress you? Uh, it was a, a big like tunic type thing, a lot of pillows. <laughs> I'm, I'm visualizing. Like a tiny little like Kirby uh, <laughs> style thing, just like walking onto the stage. Ah, yeah. Uh, well, it is funny. You can hear uh, two things. Uh, you can hear my grandmother uh, having a cameo. I keep laughing. She's the she's the one that's laughing. Also, those O's are bad. Oh, the bones. Yeah. Okay. Be fi fo fum. You have these shows, and you have your parents in the audience, and then they have very audible laughs. I can distinctly remember there being kids, for example, in the shows that I would do, who their parent was always the one laughing. Like their <laughs> dad, like their dad or yeah. their mom, or especially their dad was always the one like laughing. Yeah, no one was laughing. I was just, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I will totally be that parent if my kids. Just to support, <laughs> the support laugh. <laughs> totally. <laughs> she was that designate laughing even when like nobody else was laughing. Uh, somewhat, yeah. The most audible person in the audience. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's one of those laughs you only hear it if everybody else is it. Yeah, but yeah, you had your family seeing your shows a lot. Yeah, so that those were called pillow plays, and you do them for like five and six year olds. Okay, yeah, and you do them in the middle of the day on a Saturday. Children's theater done by uh, four kids by kids. Four kids by kids. That's but, what I did. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, Woodstock Youth Theater was was my uh, community theater that I was a part of for a very long time, going into high school. Um, but yeah, most of those shows were family friendly, so always, always for kids. But these, no, but no, but this was specifically not even for families per se. It was for this the is children. for children. Yeah. You in your short stature could uh, be the giant. Uh, why would there be a, uh, an issue with that? Because I was a giant to those kids. You were a giant to them. Yes. We have time for one more clip. Could we please uh, get uh, some so backstory for this? Also at the Wilmington Drama League, this is the one-act play festival. How old were you? I was probably 15. And you were a part of a one-act festival. That's yeah. Team. That's they, amazing, dude. So they had, there was a children's one-act festival that they would do for, like, everybody. It was, like, teens. And, like, it was a good place to kind of, quote-unquote, cut your teeth directing. Sure. So I directed and wrote a lot of them, too. At 15? 
Uh, between 15 and 17. Between, yeah, 15 and 17, I wrote, like, a several one-act plays and stuff. Fuck, man, that's fucking awesome. Thanks. Yeah, we... Uh... Fuck, 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 man. Fuck, fuck. That's fuck, <laughs> fuck. I'm just going to extemporaneously use too many F- F-bombs to say, <laughs> to show my excitement. Yeah, I directed I directed a main stage show at the Drama League before I graduated high school. Brilliant. Yeah. That's just, brilliant. They gave me a mentor, and then they had, like, a thing designed for to get people, like, better. It's kind of like a feeder program. It's like, if you've been working there... For a while, you could go and direct, and they would have someone help you. Yeah, it, it integrates you and gives you a chance to uh, cut your teeth effectively, as you said, yeah. uh, in a different way with you know supervision and uh, you know guidance yeah. by the people who were effectively are guiding you. Yeah, that's really great. That's very hands-on. What we're about to play is something that you directed as well as acting. No, no, no. I just acted in this. This okay. is called Fairy Tale Courtroom. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, so, Every single time, I, I'm never gonna get over just the absurdity of these shows. I see. I just. I need I, to get over myself. Jesus. If you have me back again, I'll find the ones of just my original works. Okay. Because I totally forgot about a lot of those. But this one, I'm playing a lawyer for a witch. Okay. Uh, I'm playing. I'm playing the evil lawyer, and you'll be able to tell it by my overacting accent. Done. Let's hear it. Now, witch. I believe. No, I never please. <clears throat> My client pleads not guilty, Your Honor. Mm. Opening statements. Ladies and gentlemen of this court, I intend to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this witch, this notorious woman, is guilty. Are you going to put up with her wicked deeds? Good people of the jury. My client is no criminal. She is the victim of misunderstanding and was only trying to defend what is rightfully hers. Don't add to the wrong she has already suffered. I know when you hear her side of the story, you will find my client not guilty of the crime for which she has committed. Uh, I mean, has been accused of. Yeah, I, I hope that was a rehearsal. I really hope that was a rehearsal and not the actual show. You have a very believable lawyer uh, presentation. <laughs> this witch is innocent. She has not done anything wrong. Yeah, I guess it's just also 15-year-old trying to do like a nasally kind of like voice is just the most annoying. It did sound like there was a little bit of, uh, of uh, what's the word, exaggeration. Yeah, a lot of my early like theater stuff is like, can you attach a silly accent to it? All right, I'm in. <laughs> what are you trying to defend her? Oh, uh, do you I, remember? I think it's Hansel and Gretel. That's so fair. So she she was being accused of trying to like eat them and throw them into an oven, and I'm like, this was self defense, clearly. Yes, and and then of course the witch does in fact get killed by Hansel and Gretel thrown into the oven. Yeah. Um, but this is like, what if she lived and instead was given a, a trial by yes. her peers, uh, a jury by her peers? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep, that is exactly what this is. <laughs> it's, it's innocuous. It's, it's great. Did you ever get a chance to uh, try again at, you know, playing a lawyer in your in, in your time as an actor? I don't remember. The like... only time you ever played a lawyer <laughs> was when you were defending a witch. Against two small children. I, I don't know. I did a lot of like dumb shows like this. <laughs> I did so many of them. You know what I played probably the most of is dogs. I've played a surprising amount of dogs. Like they were just random. Like it was like different plays would need like a dog character, and I would just come in and like read and be like, "Yep, I'm doing this." <laughs> you you were certainly small enough in stature that you could just be lovable enough. Someone would just like, "Oh, I'm going to shoot But it'd just be like, "Oh, I'm a dog." Oh, yeah. 
You just got such a lovable personality. <laughs> Uh, this is awesome. Like, honestly, you're always good for these clips. I, I, I don't know I, where they keep coming from. I did so much just little bad theater. I feel like I have to really, like, step it up a little bit now because I know that I have in the past contributed some of my own show clips, but yeah, no, yeah I haven't even scratched the surface. <laughs> I think one time when Allison and Jimmy were here, we did, uh, we did Sound of Music, Bye Bye Birdie, and Wizard of Oz. It was all around the same time. I was all, like, 13. Yeah. But I, unfortunately, I don't know of any other musicals uh or shows that i did with the woodstock youth theater uh that i have before i was eight or nine maybe ten like nothing gotcha. and so like there's only like a certain amount of shows that i was able to get on tape and i'm desperately seeking any other shows that were recorded before that i was in or even after i mean just some of those other friends I don't know if you have any contact with those people. That might be the yo, way to do it. Yo, you know what it's all about? It's all about the original musicals that we wrote for four years in high school, Pips uh, a Day School, and I never taped any of them, maybe one of them, but I was in all of them. I only wrote three of them. I only helped write three of them because we wrote our own musicals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, also very irreverent and crazy and very inclusive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the last year I played an android. Oh like, no! I played, I played like a robot. Like I played. Does uh, the robot get feelings at the end? Is that what? Something like that. I was supposed to be like a robot version of my buddy Noah Tobias's character, who was supposed to be the human version who invented me to be his replacement at a hotel, or something like that. Like I gotcha. need, I, the Kipsy Day School. Like, I need you to contribute this. Like I really, I, I seriously, really want to, so that I can have more fuel to this fire of my bullshit that stuff that I did. Kind of like you, but I mean, yeah, yeah. even older and inexcusable. <laughs> Less excusable, I should say. I mean, that's that's all theater. Like, when you're that age, it's just getting in the reps and trying to practice and get figure out what acting even is. I'm really glad that we were able to, to cover more about uh, the acting stuff and our message board slash dating profile slash social media uh, hiccups of the past. Yes. People could find you at as Piccolomini, spelled M-E-A- and why on Twitter you're on uh, Instagram? You're uh, yep uh, at it's same Piccolomini. The way I do it though is if you search the way my last name is actually spelled or this other way, I show up. Yeah. So e- either way, just if you type David Piccolomini into Google, I'm there or Twitter P I C C O L O M E A N Y. You're one of the funniest people I know easily. Oh, um, thank you. Two boots in Williamsburg every Tuesday. Uh, Tinder Tales podcast is up on on uh, Switcher as well as Stitcher, S- iTunes on Stitcher, iTunes as well as uh, um, the Talk Shop podcast, which yes. is also up on Stitcher. And uh, <laughs> other than that, they're they're all on any way you can get a podcast. Sure, I just like Stitcher's and- such a weird. <laughs> I don't. Know. Okay. Are you still there? Did we get through it? I think we got through it. Um, <laughs> as uh, David texted me when I told him that we were going to be putting this episode out today, he said, I've been there before. It sucks with, I think that's one, two, three, seven U's. <laughs> I've been there before. It sucks when it happens, but it's inevitable. <laughs>
uh, that's agreed. Uh, that is certainly agreed upon, David. And uh, re- regardless of the inevitability, I'm glad that we were able to somehow make uh, a diamond out of a very, very dusty coal. <laughs> we thank you here at Radio Free Brooklyn for indulging with that. Before we go, I just wanted to get some house cleaning out of the way. Coming here from the rec room, as we do every week, uh, it's pretty special to be here in the same space that has now after all this time, um, you know, it's, it, there's two different studios, and this studio here is designed to help educate the youth of Brooklyn to learn how to be on the radio. There's an after-school program, and it's called Radio Free Brooklyn Teen Squad. It's the after-school program where local teenagers will come in to learn media literacy through media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals. If you would be interested in participating or donating to this program, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash teen squad. And again, remember, all your donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. And listen, I mean, sign up for our newsletter while you're at it. You get to learn about all the other events without me having to yammer on to your ear about it. It's going to be only coming to your inbox once a month because we are dedicated to a spam-free world. A novel concept, I know. Finally, if you want to listen to any of our past episodes, go ahead and check out our profile page while you're up there, radiofreebrooklyn.org slash LAR. You can go to the very bottom there and you'll see below our information all the episodes as uploaded onto Megaphone, a fantastic player. You can also go and check out our archives on SoundCloud as well as iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic, lostandrewound.podomatic.com. That'll do it for us this week on Lost and Rewound. Please join us next week. We hope to have another episode that is just as, if not much more engaging than the one you just heard. This is Alon signing out. Happy Father's Day. story into a fairy tale uh would you be able to <laughs> wait the like to not have a fairy tale become a trial but like a new story turned into a fairy tale yeah ah uh, the little businessman that could the story of the presidency that's fair <laughs> very fair it's... i think i was asking for that